Welcome to the Crowfall Podcast, where we share stories and perspectives from the world of Crowfall with your host, Chris and Walker. This is Walker, and today we share about our first big Guild Alliance PvP outing, offer our thoughts on the infamous Lazy Peon review, highlight a recent war story, and talk about the new test server incentives. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Minds at CrowfallPod. As always, joined this week by co-host Chris. Chris, how you doing today, man? I'm doing fantastic. How you doing? I'm good, thank you. Uh, yeah, so this last week, uh, you had the the first kind of significant, not just our guild, but also some some alliance guilds or or whatever uh, that you went to a PvP outing with. You want to talk about that a little bit? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it was kind of um, you know a few weeks in the making. Um, reached out to some some other guilds uh early on um we had established ourselves as uh an earth guild and i wasn't sure if we were going to stay on that um but it was kind of just the initial choice and and then i started um talking to some other guilds that were on the same uh same side and they um were open to you know grouping up and seeing about forming an alliance um they were kind of similar you know smaller guilds and, and whatnot but um last week we had a an outing um they wanted to practice the the siege mechanics and so they had invited us to you know run whatever uh amount of groups that we could and uh to join them and we got to see trebs um which are insanely huge and ha- uh, had him knock down some walls, uh, took a few keeps. I mean, it, it went really well. Um, we didn't really get into too many fights because we were in Sky Point and um, there didn't seem to be a lot of enemies running around at the time. Mm. But it was it was really good to just see like a larger scale siege and what it could look like. Um, kind of working out communications you know on voice and stuff because we had multiple guilds we were making use of faction chat um kind of like coordinating like a battle group you know similar to camelot you, you may know um but yeah it, it was a lot of fun um i would like to see maybe the the tree seeds um cheaper in the starter campaign or maybe some potential rewards for taking keeps in those starter campaigns um i don't know 15k gold seems like a lot to me to (laughs) have a seed to you know capture a keep that doesn't necessarily generate points for an overall campaign yet but that could change i assume you know yeah yeah i i um I don't know. I'm I'm a little torn. I mean, on the one hand, I get that the GVG is kind of daunting right now because there are so many large guilds uh, that I mean, on I haven't looked at all of the servers, but on the the West Dreg server, the US West Dreg server, uh, in one there, there's there's more than one zone you can run around in the Dreg, of course, and I don't remember if it was in Buck or in Cardim. But in one of those two zones in the U.S. West, the Guild Valeria just owns all, I think, four keeps in whatever it is, Buck or Cardum. But whatever the zone is, they literally own all of the <laughs> the things that you can take over, Yeah, or at least the, the major strongholds. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously that's going to be a difficult force to to challenge. So it's kind of hard to play there. But on the other hand, I don't know how much I, I think it's worth it for them to incentivize playing in Arboreum or Sky Point because it's just not, there's not really the same stakes there. It's not really where, like the, the materials there are not the, the highest quality. You know, it, it's just not really the, the end game. It's kind of like, it would be kind of like emphasizing a bunch of new mechanics for like low level battlegrounds and Dark Age versus just improving RVR. Does that make sense? 
Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I mean, but you know, in in our situation, it was good to practice that, mm-hmm. and it allows a place to do that. And so, you know, if if the seeds were were cheaper, it wouldn't be as such a cost sink to you know do some practice runs or or something like that. But maybe fifteen k isn't really that that much gold. Um, to me, it seems like a lot right now. <laughs> I'm with you, man. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know how to make the only way that I know how to make gold, obviously, you know, is to, is to just go farm mobs, which is true in most MMOs, obviously you can quest in some of them too, but, but go farm mobs and then you can sell drops too. But yeah, I mean, if I could make, if I'm making a few thousand gold in an hour that I would feel like that would be a pretty good clip. Mm-hmm. So 15k gold is at minimum two to three hours probably of grinding, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. So and again, now that's in that's in the 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 God's Reach zones, not on the Dreg. But when I went to the Dreg and tried to farm gold, I wasn't getting much more off the drops. So it right. wasn't it wasn't like oh well, this is way faster to farm here, you know. <laughs> now maybe. Yeah maybe it's 15% more. And so over the course of several hours of farming, it would yield a lot more. It's just not obvious, you know, in a, in a handful of pulls or something kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, there's, there's plenty of changes coming down the line. So, you know, who knows how that, that might change. And um, mm-hmm. the, the guild versus guild is, is interesting, but really it's basically free for all mode. You know, I'm I'm more looking forward to faction versus faction, um, where we actually start having teams that, you know, Earth, Sun, and Moon, and uh, seeing how that plays out. Because even though you may not be the biggest guild, you know, you still have people on your team, so they you could go out and and still. Uh, you know, find fights and have people supporting you and stuff. Yeah, I think the faction versus faction definitely is once the once a faction versus faction direct comes out, that will be the a, a huge boon for smaller a smaller guilds and b just even if they're big. I mean, even outside of numbers, but just more casual guilds, right? Yeah. Um, if you're in the, these again, a guild like Valeria's giant, it's organized. It was in beta. Lords of Death, which we'll we'll highlight here in a bit from a war story, but same thing. They've been playing since you know since like 2016, whenever the first build of the game was playable. So mm-hmm. there's there's just a lot more knowledge and, and everything there, and just preparation. And I think faction versus faction will help close that gap. And to some extent, I'm I don't know. I, there's not a reason that they couldn't play in both, but I actually wonder how much you'll even see those larger guilds in faction versus faction because they want to do guild versus guild, right? Cause then they, they get to make all the choices kind of thing. So I, I, I actually wonder if you'll see the larger guilds primarily hang out in guild versus guild. And then again, maybe the, the smaller, more casual guilds migrate to faction versus faction kind of have that separation. Yeah. Yeah. That's also an interesting point. Um, uh, I'm not sure on the exact numbers on like a server cap of population, but you know, depending on uh, how many you have in a, a mega guild, it might be more beneficial to be on a guild versus guild or something like that. I'm not not quite sure on those numbers. Right, right, yeah. Well, and just also, you know, assuming that you care about the campaign win condition of generating points, if if it's guild versus guild, then you only you get to be entirely in control of how your faction which is also simultaneously your guild manages those points whereas if you're on the moon faction you could have a great plan but if the rest of the moon faction doesn't then maybe you don't get to win now you know what i mean so and again if you're smaller or more casual then you probably don't think like that but if you're playing 80 hours a week or whatever. And, and I don't even mean to mean that as a disparaging comment, but just if you're playing a ton and really invested, maybe you want more of that control, which guild versus guild allows. Yeah. I was uh, thinking that maybe if there was, you know, the overall winning faction rewards, but 
maybe also some type of rewards for top performing guilds in faction versus faction, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I think it's super, I, I, it's again, it's why I was excited about Crowfall. I mean, I, I decided to play Crowfall. We decided to start the Crowfall podcast. I subbed to it for, you know, bought the year subscription. Frankly, before I'd even played it that much. I mean, I checked it out in the beta to make sure it wasn't just, you know, complete unplayable <laughs> or something. Yeah. Well, and, he, and, and to some extent, just to make sure, like, can my computer load it? And, you know, I don't know. Just will it work? Yeah. But but honestly, it it's these things that we're talking about, these more meta ideas that are so exciting to me. It It is the fact that there's all these different campaigns and the fact that they have guild versus guild and then can offer faction versus faction. And as you said, the fact that these rules and systems can adapt and evolve over time and very quickly because of the campaign structure, that's you know, that's the unique selling proposition for Crowfall. I mean, there are a lot of other things about it that don't play exactly like other games, mm-hmm. but no other game is, is as innovative as they are in this constant resetting of things. Um, yeah, um, I, I mean, uh, case in point, you have one campaign with a certain rule set, and maybe it's not received as well, you know, from the community. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, two weeks, a month later, you throw in another campaign with a different rule set. And now everything changes, you know? Yeah, well, it's, yeah, you see it, you see it across the gaming world. The, I mean, the reason that Fortnite and PUBG and Warzone and all of these Battle Royale games are so popular is, they offer a constant reset and it, and because of that, it offers a more varied experience because yeah, you're still running around playing call of duty or whatever in Warzone, for example, but, and maybe it's even the same overall map, but every time you drop in, you you're potentially landing in a different spot slightly and whoever drops around you is different. So the way that that interaction plays out is certainly going to be unique each time. And then where weapons spawn and all of that is just has this element of, in that case, it's almost an RNG kind of element, whereas with Crowfall, it's not that same randomness per se. But yeah, it it it, it keeps it fresh. It eliminates <laughs> the scale from it. Yeah, uh, that's why roguelike games are so popular. Same thing. It's like here's a, an existing framework, and then now let's shuffle it around so that it's not just boring. Yeah, keeping it uh, dynamic and evolving, I think, is key to keeping. A player base interested you know yeah for yeah sure. absolutely well did you have anything else that you wanted to touch on on the 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 guild uh alliance siege night or anything there oh, i'm excited to see how it develops um hopefully we'll get a, another scheduled event here you know soon and maybe see what else we can drum up <laughs> maybe get some more fights uh but yeah i don't know it seems promising i'm really excited about the siege um i kind of want to up my woodworking and see if we can start making some siege weapons. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. So something that I wanted to talk about this week, there was a, a video that came out uh, on July 20th. So pretty recently here from an, a popular MMO streamer slash YouTuber uh, who goes by the name of lazy peon. I am vaguely familiar with him. Uh, I watched videos from him explaining, you know, like mechanics about Black Desert Online and, and Albion Online, which are both MMOs that I'd tried in the past. Mm-hmm. And he had what I felt at that time was, you know, reasonable content, some some helpful videos. They were useful to me. So I say all of that uh, because I'm getting ready to trash his uh, <laughs> review of Crowfall. Um but, I mean, you know, hey, at the end of his video, which is, again, I disagree with largely, he casually says, sorry for being negative, which is yeah. uh, kind of uh, <laughs> doesn't doesn't seem very meaningful or doesn't really counter <laughs> the amount of vitriol which he had just thrown at it. So I'll just I'll just give my apology now. Um, sorry that what I'm about to say is going to be negative. Um, but. <laughs> Yeah, it's ridiculous. So 
did you are you familiar with this well, i don't mean to just jump in but but did, are you familiar with this video have, had you checked it out at all yeah i i watched it um i kind of you know f- feel the same way as you um maybe i'm more biased but i mean a lot of the points that he brought up um though at some points could be considered valid it's just like they're way more detailed and nuanced and uh you know there's just a lot more to be said about it than could probably fit in a short video like that yeah i mean the reason that i liked his content previously was because it was grounded and it offered good informational advice and this just felt sensational and and kind of almost clickbaity and i mean hey maybe maybe so and good on him because here we are making content on our own show about in response to him right so he (laughs) he got some attention um but either way it just felt it just felt sloppy frankly and and it it honestly just felt like maybe he wasn't that interested in the game which is fine but maybe the take should just be that you're not interested in it versus this is unplayable garbage or whatever um but to be clear, I have a point by point takedown of his complaints that we will now go through. Oh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah, this is not just me going, Hey, I disagree with that. We're, we're, we're assassinating this here, fellas. <laughs> um, all right. So first point that lazy peon, uh, is, is upset about is he's mad that the world map lacks functionality slash information. Um, so when you open the world map, you can see, you know, the different keeps and the different points of interest on the map that are static. You don't actually see a ton. I was like, if you're in a party, you don't see icons for your group mates or, or something like mm. that. Um, there's not a mini map. So I'll, I'll just, so again, that's his, and I, I'm just paraphrasing his complaint, but that's his complaint is that the map is, is, is not as useful as he thinks it should be. Um, what do you think about the map? Um, I mean, you know, the the map can could be in, improved. Um, I kind of like the um, 3D aspect of it. Um, it can be a little difficult to navigate if you're running around because when you bring up the map, you know, it basically pulls it up the whole screen. So if you're running around in a group, it kind of um, kind of have to stop. But you know, it could be could be worked around with having a navigator and a driver on a group if you're like roaming. Um, as far as like locating group members, I do like that it has those icons. Like when you form a group, it gives each group member a, a specific icon that does show up on the compass, mm-hmm. and so you can easily see what direction each individual group member you know, where they're at and the distance, um, which is very, very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So, I mean, my, my sentiment is, I think that, I think my biggest complaint about the map is just simply that there's maybe a second and a half or two second. I don't know. Maybe that's even longer than it is. There's a, it takes a, a noticeable little amount of time when you press the button for it to actually transition to the map screen and, and load it all up. Yeah. So I do wish that that was slightly faster so that it was it was a little quicker to toggle. But mm-hmm. that's it. That's basically it. The fact that there's not a mini map, I think, is awesome uh, because mm-hmm. it eliminates just staring at the mini map the whole time. <laughs> um, yeah. And the fact that there's not markers on it on the world map for every little thing that's going on, which to be clear, again, it's got markers for all the points of interest. And it shows hot zones where there are fights. So yeah, it actually yeah. does contain kind of what you would need. Mm-hmm. And beyond that, I actually don't want it to contain a lot more because it breaks the immersion. And yeah. if there was a mini map, I would just be looking at the mini map to navigate constantly. And in World of Warcraft, which I always pick on WoW, but I've just played it a ton. So <laughs> whatever. Sorry, WoW. Yeah. Um, in World of Warcraft, I pull up. In that, I have the map is not quite full screen. I think it's an add-on that enables that. But yeah. but so the map takes up most of the screen. Constantly, I will pull up the map, turn on auto run, and then I'm navigating my character by watching the arrow on the map. 
Yeah. So yeah. I'm not even looking at the game world. I'm looking at a picture of a map that it's just, and it's because it's more efficient, but I don't know that it, again, adds to the immersion or is more fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just because it's more efficient yeah. in some way. Well, you bring up a, a very good point because of, of that immersion. I mean, if you really were, you know, a fantasy character running around in a world, um, you would have to pull out a map out of your pocket and you're probably not running around with that out looking at it. Um, so kind of working that into a mechanic, which may be perceived as um, a modern MMO inconvenience could actually lend itself to, well, this is more of an immersion mechanic per se. Yeah. Well, it just, it, it demands a little bit more, kind of thinking on your feet because you can't just look at a, you can't just be looking at an overhead view of the map and watching where friendly players are and where enemy players are coming from. It eliminates the the capacity for radar or thing, you know, which was a thing in dark age. Now in a game like, like, wow, again, there are different utilities that enable you to see enemy players on your mini map as little dots, mm-hmm. which again, it's fine. Whatever other games want to do. I, I actually personally really, appreciate that crowfall doesn't have a constant map feed for me to be staring at and and because what that turns into is that looking at the mini map and and again that's not the world map i know but the more functional the map is or the more information the map provides the more reliant a player needs to be on it in order to participate at a high level and so i appreciate that that's not hard built into the experience at this point uh, yeah, because staring I, at the map is not why I play. Right. Yeah, I I do not want radar. Um, this is this is not a space sim, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like you know, Camelot World PvP. Uh, there is no radar like that. Um, and I'm perfectly fine with that. I mean, go yeah. out. Let's explore. We'll, we'll find find the fights that way. So the next thing he complains about is what we can easily call the new player experience. But basically, if you do the tutorial quest line or whatever you want to call it, that takes you from level 1 to 25, uh, he goes on for some time about how insufferably boring it is and and how he just can't believe that that this is what the new player experience is. Um. I will I'll offer my thoughts first on this on this point here. Mm-hmm. So I I personally do think that the new player experience is not it's not like it's a super fun like oh my god I've never played a video game like this before. It's mm-hmm. running around and talking to quest givers and killing a handful of things here and there. But it takes maybe 6 hours to get from 1 to 30. So yeah. not just the initial quest, but also the little little tiny grind from twenty five to thirty. Mm-hmm. Um, so so in a vacuum, just if we just compare it to all other video games with no other context, yes, it's not the most fun six hours of a video game that I've ever played. However, if we compare it to MMOs that have a leveling process, mm-hmm. it's six hours and you're done. And you can <laughs> slash 25, basically, with the tomes. Or if you have VIP, you can just do it indefinitely. Yeah. Um, so you can just skip it entirely. In Dark Age, if you played six hours, you, you're maybe you're level five at the end of that. <laughs> maybe. And, and, even, yeah. and, that's, and I get it. That's 20 years ago. Who cares? That's not relevant. Fine. Go play World of Warcraft now. Like, even that far in, you're not in retail wow now maybe you're level like 10 or 20 or something in wow classic mm-hmm. you're 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 probably level 10 15 somewhere in there and you've got dozens if not hundreds of hours ahead of you to even get to the max level to do end game content yeah. so and and to be clear killing rats in the field until you're level 10 isn't actually way more fun than this new player experience. Um, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So the new player experience in all MMOs has always been kind of not awesome because because of the nature of it being an RPG and a really long one, usually. You're yeah. really weak and boring at the beginning. And I think here, they pretty much fast travel to, to get you out of that uh, and offer ways to never have to do it again so you can make alts. Right, right. Yeah, and also, I mean... It doesn't even have to take those six hours. I mean, you could actually just get the VIP level to 25 or use the free tomes, you know? And then you could do the new player experience at 25 or at 30. It doesn't, like, go away, you know? So you could actually just speed through it faster that way if you just wanted to learn the game and do it at a higher level, actually. That's true, too, yeah. And again, it's... Like, it's it's just, it feels like a disingenuous complaint because, again, if you compare it to any other MMO and what it takes to get to the end of the leveling process, this is far and away the most unburdensome version of that that I've ever seen. Like, this is, mm-hmm. it's shocking how easy it is. In fact, I'm almost a little surprised that they contain the levels. I mean... I get it because it would be maybe confusing seeming if they didn't, but it's so short that it's almost, it's almost just there because it's an MMO and like we expect there to be levels or something. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, I mean, really, I mean, especially since you can go straight to 25, like, and it's not like there's any real lore being established. Mm -hmm. So again, I'm not saying it's like, Oh man, you don't want to miss out on it, but to act like it's killing the game well, then all MMOs should be killed because all, the first six hours of any MMO certainly is not the most fun part of the MMO, especially when compared to the end game of any MMO. So, yeah, ridiculous. Well, to be fair, there's um, there's loosely um, some lore stuff in there. I think that's probably going to be maybe fleshed out more the, the more it develops. But um, really, it's it's learning the character. It gives you a chance to play with the abilities you know i'm loving the vip because i can respec at any point and try different Mm -hmm. things and like when i made the archer um the old archer last week i went through the quest again because i wanted to see how it would play just in different scenarios you know range can i switch to melee um so you know changing my key binds around so i can go range melee better and and being able to do that instead of like, you know, going out to the the front and potentially running into a player and then mashing my keyboard all over the place, not knowing what, what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. So the next complaint he has is about the UI of the bank, um, which he doesn't really go into much detail about. He just says, that it looks terrible and he can't believe that a UI designer saw that and thought, man, this looks awesome, which I want to get your thoughts on, on that before I share mine. However, I do quickly want to insert the amount of people that play video games and then throw around terms, which he does again later and I'll attack it there too. throw around terms like, Oh, the UI designer, this and that as if they have personal experience working in a game development studio and know anything about what goes into it is completely pretentious and ridiculous. Like (laughs) shut up, shut up. You don't know what it is. You don't, you don't make this, you play it and that's fine, but please shut up with the, I can't believe a UI designer. I can't believe you, any of this (laughs) anyway, please go on. Um, I mean, well, you know, as you know, the the UI is is not perfect. Um, We talked about the chat tabs and everything like that. And, you know, the vault could use some love. I would like to see more tabs, more organizational stuff so it's easier to find. Um, There is a search tab, which is, is helpful for certain items and things. But I mean, I, I don't think it's, it's horrible by any means. Um, I kind of like the, I mean, we talked about the chat tabs. I kind of like just having the guild chat again. It's been a long time since I've had guild chat and I've been able to play with that. (laughs) Sure. So, so 
objectively, yes. The, and the bank UI specifically is all I'm talking about here. The bank UI is is poorly poorly done. Um, and, and when I say that, it, it's just because of a it it's too big. Like each item doesn't need as much screen real estate as it gets, right? Mm-hmm. Like we could have smaller icons and, and a grid and fit a lot more. I could see a lot more of the vault on the screen without having to scroll as an example. Okay. Um, yeah, for sure. Having additional tabs to your point would be great. So, yep, I'll, I'll concede in the dregs bank that doesn't have any tabs or any search is, is definitely worse. It, it And it, it certainly is not optimum. So I'm not even going to try and pretend like, well, it's not, you know, it's pretty good because there's no, it, it is pretty poorly designed. However, we're talking about the UI of a bank. <laughs> so let's put that into perspective here. The bank UI of any game, certainly an MMO that has all this infinite complexity and it's player driven. So, you know, there's all this dynamic stuff happening. The bank UI is not a huge decision factor on me for for if I'm going to play an MMO, what my overall take on an MMO is. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, No Man's Sky, not an MMO, but but No Man's Sky has such a frustrating UI that over time I eventually did grow to where I, I found it unplayable. But it wasn't just the inventory UI. It was the way that literally almost everything has to be interacted with. It just felt very, very tedious and time consuming. Again, in every element of it. Yeah. <laughs> and... Yeah. I would not make a video saying that No Man's Sky is unplayable garbage because uh-huh. of that. It just, for me, it, I just found it frustrating. But to cite bank UI, <laughs> that's a decision mm-hmm. point in whether or not you like a, an MMO, like, uh, get over yourself, dude. <laughs> like, what are yeah. you talking about? Who cares? Like, I mean, there's there's a difference between yeah, unplayable and and functionality. I mean, the bank functions. I mean, it, it does everything that <laughs> right. we need it to do. It's not perfect, but I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. If if there was if it was like, well, there's a bug, and every you know every ten minutes, someone's item is just randomly getting deleted out of a bank. <laughs> that would be horrible. Like that would be like, oh man, I can't play with that bank. That's not what's happening. That's not what's happening. And yeah. he didn't even, I don't know if he even played for a total of 10 hours. He doesn't have anything in the fucking bank anyway. <laughs> so like, what are you on about, dude? Anyway. I can't um, sort my, my mushrooms, you know? Yeah, exactly. My peppermint, <laughs> my hot sauce is overwhelming me. <laughs> and you know what? The, I'm sure that that's going to be improved over time. Yeah. I'm sure that the bank UI will be better in a in a, a, probably within a few months, but if not a year from now, when we're looking back and the life cycle of an MMO is not launch week, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Or launch mm-hmm. month. It's far yeah. longer than that. So yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so to, again, though, to try and be like, like I'm not trying to be as sensational as he is. I think his complaint about the map is ridiculous. I think his complaint about the new player experience is ridiculous. If you look at it with any context whatsoever, the complaint about the UI of the bank is valid, but it's such a minor thing that it's like, again, you know, get off my lawn here, kid. Like, what are you talking about? Um, the next thing he has is that is so he he goes out to he, he gets to level 30 and then he's like, all right, now I'm going to go PVP, except he runs out to the solarium, which is one of the pre sky point, one of the three pre sky point zones you can go to. Uh-huh. Um, and he doesn't find fights. Now, I don't know when he recorded the footage, Mm -hmm. um, but the video came out on July 20th. So assuming that it was within a day or two of that, that's two full weeks post launch. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and yeah, he's running around in Solarium and not finding fights. So I've got a couple of points on that, but any thoughts from yourself on, on, his his upsetness about not finding players to PvP with when he's running around in Solarium. Well, uh, there, that's just not where you go. I mean, 
I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's really all there is to say about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, wrong, wrong place, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. you you wouldn't know that. You wouldn't know that unless you were, you know, more invested in and playing longer. Right. Probably, yeah. You know. Well, it's probably hard to see through the sweat dripping off your brow when you're furiously typing your rage about how you can't find people <laughs> in the starter zone that no one's in. Um, <laughs> so I've got two thoughts on it. So the first thought is, again, me trying to give some some credence to what he's talking about, which because in his his position is that because he doesn't ever say I'm in the starter zone and I can't find a fight. He says this game is dead. No one's playing it. There's literally no one to fight against is what he says. Yeah. yeah. So the first point I would like to make is that the player base is not absolutely huge right now. Um, it, it is true that there is not millions of players running around and i don't even know that there's hundreds of thousands running around right now you know in the different servers that they've got however we literally discussed on this podcast last week and if anyone would like to read the forum post because again i'm not making up or just offering my opinion the dev literally said in their own forum post that they haven't done a big marketing push in north america or eu yet Mm -hmm. because they're intentionally doing that, which I think is really awesome because how many games go and sell, 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 and then it comes out and it's not exactly right or things don't work like intended. And then everyone blows up and can't believe they released this. And it's like, yeah, yeah maybe it is smarter to kind of slow walk our way into, you know, full marketing and what will eventually be a peak population. I agree. Yeah. I mean uh that there it is the fastest way to kill a game uh to market it and then have it not be um perfect out of the gate like if there are too many community complaints I mean it, it's over and with an MMO where you're looking at a sustained playing experience it it's probably even more so important to you know take those steps and kind of work it up ramp it up yeah well and this game isn't being propped up by activision or ubisoft or some giant publisher it's a kickstarter from a small team experience team that's released mmos before but it it's all you know i the word indie is so cliche but it's a lot more kind of indie experience you know what i mean it's not um it's not some giant triple a studio that, that that's making it so yeah. Yeah. There are going to be things that need to be improved over time. Yeah. It's not today or on July 5th when it released, it's or six, whatever it was. It's not going to be where it will be months from now. And no MMO is. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. again, it is fair that there's not a ton of players right now. Um, again, that's intentional and, and easily knowable by either reading or listening, but not talking. <laughs> talking. And whining about things that you don't know about doesn't teach you things. Right. Um, and that's a lesson for a lot of the internet, but for, certainly for Lazy <laughs> Peon in this one. So the second point I would like to make, however, is that exactly the point you made, which is no one's there because it's the starter PvP zone that only gives half gold drop. Mm-hmm. There's, yeah. And because of, again, it all, it all ties together because of his whining about the new player experience and how grueling it is. Well, again, it's not grueling. So no one's in the starter zone because mm-hmm. you don't need to be, because you're not gated to that for hours on end. In world of Warcraft, you have to play in the low level BGs because again, you have to sink weeks of time into getting to a, to the end game level to play in the end game PVP. Yeah. In, in almost all MMOs, that's how it's worked. So in this one, most people who are interested in PvPing are either in Skypoint or uh-huh. they're in the Dreg. They're not yeah. in Arboreum or Solarium or any of that. Um, so, yeah, you're not really in the PvP zone. Again, it would be like in Dark Age if you went to the level 20 battleground and were like, man, this game is dead. There's no one here. <laughs> like, you're an idiot. Yeah. Or, again, yeah. I don't even mean, again, as frustrated as I can get, I don't even mean to attack Lazy Peon personally. I don't know the guy. And like I said at the beginning of this, he's made videos before that I liked. So I'm not even going to say he is an idiot, but this video is stupid. 
Um, yeah, so. I mean, it it just feels like you know a video that was made to. I need to put some content out. Here's a new MMO. I'm going to play it for a few hours. Here's the video. I yep. mean, that's what it feels like. So next one, he whines about the death mechanic. And when I say that, what I mean is he is upset that when you die, you have to uh, turn into a crow and then go to a place to to respawn at, whether that be your bind point, because you can just hold the F key and it'll automatically take you back to your bind point, or you can fly to the closest respawn point and then respawn there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, I have thoughts, but but uh, what is your what's your take on on the the flying death mechanic? Is it unsufferably bad for you? <laughs> well, first of all, the, the first time I experienced it, I thought it was hilarious because I, <laughs> my my bird was like going upside down and everything, and I I didn't know what was happening. But um, you know, from a mechanic standpoint, um, making death significant makes the battles significant right so if if it's going to take 10 15 minutes to get back to the fight well now i can't just run in and you know into a certain situation and well if i die it doesn't matter i'll I'll just run back to the fight in a few minutes like no there has to be more thought out strategy um because if you do die now it's 15 minutes before I get back, you know, that can change the whole dynamic of a siege. Someone runs in, um, your group is wiped. Now there's no one to defend the keep or, you know, vice versa. And then the keep gets lost, you know, however that plays out, but it's, it makes it definitely more significant. So I'm fine with that. I mean, even when we played Camelot, I mean, how long did it take us to get back to the front? I mean, we had to take a boat, <laughs> right? Know, like 50, at least fifteen minutes. But then we were like running in stealth, so maybe thirty minutes. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's why it's again. This is just a, a ridiculous complaint because all that we're really doing here is exactly what you just said: is creating a length of time between when the player dies and when they can re-engage in the action. Yeah, and so. Now, how do we dress that up? And some games do a respawn timer. You die and you just can't click respawn for three minutes, one minute, five minutes, whatever the timer says. Mm-hmm. Or something like, you know, not an MMO, but something like Counter-Strike, where when you die, you just have to wait until the next round. So this is not a new idea, this, this building a time around when a character can respawn. So the fact that you turn into a bird and fly back and all over, like, again it's just a way to, to accomplish that. So his, his like wild rejection of that is just really bizarre because I yeah. guess he's just not able to understand the, the purpose of it. Um, but yeah, like, so would it, would a respawn timer be more fun than flying back in a bird? Would you rather just stare at a, at a still screen and a clock? Maybe that would be more enjoyable. Um, as you said, Dark Age of Camelot, it's legit. As just as you said, 15 minutes <laughs> to run back. And this actually isn't that. Like that, yeah. That's actually why I think this is nice because it's not crazy long because I don't think that the 15 or 20 minute Dark Age reentry time is also more fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's also not more fun though in a game like Call of Duty Team Deathmatch where you die and then you respawn and you're just right back in the action. Sometimes spawn behind the enemy player like and they don't know that you're there and you just spawn and then shoot them in the back like would yeah. that be more fun or maybe maybe i thought what lazy peon would like the most would be you die and then as soon as you die you just press a, a space bar as fast as you can and you instantly mm-hmm. respawn right on top of your corpse that way no one ever dies really and we can all just <laughs> smash buttons for as many hours as we have for the night because apparently that's the only way that a video game is fun is are you right now smashing all of the buttons with your hands because if you're not what a boring boring game yeah yeah i mean you know (laughs) there's just like there's a certain risk element to it you know when yes if 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 i can just come back right away well then i'm just making completely 
you know, ridiculous decisions because it doesn't matter, you know? Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. But again, what you're not, what you're not valuing enough is smashing your hands on the keyboard. (laughs) See, you need to go back and redo an assessment of how much fun it is to press the buttons. Um, (laughs) Maybe we could get in one of those things. It's like the cow says, and you know, and then you can pull it and then it makes a noise. Maybe that would be a more fun MMO for him. Yeah. Constant interaction. No, no respawn timer on, what the farm animals say toy <laughs> Send them um, some swag. yeah yeah we'll brand it crowfall podcast hashtag <laughs> um next one i'm just it's good this is super fast he tries to take a fort again in arboreum where no one is because that's uh-huh. not where people play guy who doesn't <laughs> understand things he tries to take a fort solo and then dies to the keep lord and is pissed <laughs> about that <laughs> It's just, I mean, I, I, I'll, I guess I'll warrant a response, which is just, yeah, it's not made for one person. Yeah, yeah. That, that, I mean, that's it. Yeah, the guards are, you know, they're tougher. Right. Than that. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Neat. Um. Then, then shortly after that, has a little tiny tantrum where he just goes on a rant about that the UI is shit and the world is shit and nobody cares, and that the game is basically just guild wars server versus server mode it's just only that um so i'll just quickly i'll just add like we said earlier the ui definitely can use some some improvement i don't think it's unplayably bad i do think that like yeah the bank is is annoying the chat system is kind of strange because you can't customize the chat tabs easily um i would prefer a ui scale kind of thing but again, it's not like a No Man's Sky thing where I found it just hard to even just kind of play in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, again, it's functional. It serves its purpose. I mean, there can always be quality and uh, life improvements on it. But I mean, you know, as far as getting it done, I mean, it's there. Yeah. Uh, and then the rest of the camp, the comments just don't actually make sense as sentences. Um, I don't know what it means that the world is shit and nobody cares. Like, what are you talking <laughs> about? Are you quantifying that somehow? What What do you mean? Doesn't make sense. And then yeah. the notion that the game is Guild Wars server versus server mode is just objectively not true. So, um, <laughs> again, I, you know, I don't know. Lazy Peon doesn't make internet videos. He makes peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Like, if we're just going to use words that don't mean what they mean, then I guess we can construct any sentence we want. But <laughs> what are we doing? Um, I'll move on from there. The next complaint he has is that there are too many races and too many classes and that that makes the game not good enough and that there are too many armor designs oh. for all of the races and classes. Oh, my goodness. Which means the rest of the game quality suffers. And this ties back in because he has so much experience making MMO games that he understands that if if someone creates an art asset for an armor piece, uh-huh. that means that they don't design the UI because he knows that UI designers are the same people that make art assets. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, first of all, uh, yeah, when he said that, I was just like, oh, come on, man. Like, there, I I was looking at all the races, all the classes. Like, there is so much depth and customization available for, like, the characters you can play. I mean, how many, how many alts have we messed with? How many respects have we done, you know, already? I mean, there's so many layers to that. And... Have have you ever, I mean, I know you have, but, you know, played a game where there are, are only a few art assets for armor and stuff? You know, like, uh, do you remember Shadowbane? Um, I mean, I had fun in Shadowbane, but, I mean, we had the same looking armor from, like, <laughs> level one to max level, didn't we? I mean, basically. Yep. <laughs> he, he also, he's, he's also upset. Um by the amount of races and classes, which I actually think is one of the more compelling things about the game because it's not just rock, paper, scissors, which again, I guess is what he would rather play. Like 
yeah. don't want to have to have this much variety. I don't like dynamic things. I just want A or B or C. And beyond that, it's it, it can't be fun for him. Um, and Rock, paper, scissors. I mean, what, what do we just make it a browser game? Like, what kind of game are we looking for? Yeah, we we'll all have... Like, just having three races, or I don't know what number he threw out there or yeah. something, but... Yeah, yep. Yeah, well, when we're done, I'll also, I'll, in case Lazy Peon checks out this show, I can put a link <laughs> to Cookie Clicker in the show notes, so that way he can have a game where it's just, it's nonstop interaction, and there's not a lot of classes, not a lot of races, you just click the cookies, man. Um, the last point uh, that I have here that he makes is actually the most appalling one that he makes in all of it. The rest of them are, are, are arguably subjective about the video game. And, and while obviously we disagree, Hey man, you know, you can think what you want to think. However, he ends it by saying that um, it's wrong that this game costs $40 amidst the pandemic and effectively implies that the fact that this video game is being sold just period, that's uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. Um, is is in some way inflicting hardship among people, and that that that's especially true because of the pandemic. Okay. And um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say like that's super disgusting. Yeah. Um, yeah. You you can't be more sensational than that, mm-hmm. and it's incredibly dishonest and disingenuous because any product existing whether it be this game or anything else, whether I like it or not, isn't a hardship because people can choose to buy it. Yeah. <laughs> the game hasn't been marketed. So it's not even like people have been, are being like actively like, you know, really hustled into buying it. But even if they were, mm-hmm. then are where, where's your protest against Coca-Cola commercials? Right. Right. Um, so any, a, a product being sold doesn't create a hardship. And to then insinuate that it is in some way related to the pandemic, is is truly appalling because it blurs real conversation about people who really are suffering from consequences of the pandemic which is not what crowfall is doing in any way and so it's this fake fucking outrage bullshit that Mm -hmm. that's not a real position and it's just it's just to be sensational um yeah the rest of the video I can disagree with respectfully trying to tie this in some way to the pandemic as a damning thing is just, is just deplorable and, uh, and pathetic. So I have literally no sympathy for that position whatsoever. Yeah. And, and, you know, as you know, um, I'm fairly passionate about prices for video games. I mean, I buy a lot of video games, but you know, video games are one of the few markets that, have been able to keep um, a sustained price point for new entries. Like for the longest time, it was $50, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we've kind of moved up to 60, you know? Um, But how many years is that? I mean, since Nintendo, um, Atari, like $50 has pretty much been the the price point and to to come out and have a 40 dollar base mmo game where this is not like a 10 hour 20 hour experience like you can play this all year i mean 40 dollars for entertainment on a video game that doesn't end seems like an immense value to me yeah, no, I, I, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right, and 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 that's and that's fine. Like, again, something being sold in the market, regardless of if they charged a thousand dollars for Crowfall, probably no one would buy it because people aren't spending that kind of money on video games, and mm-hmm. that would mean that that was the wrong price. Yeah, but, but whatever. I also don't like to buy diamond bracelets because I don't think that's a good value for me. Yeah, but I don't make videos going on and on about how it's not a good deal <laughs> or how it's inflicting a hardship on people <laughs> in the pandemic. Because if you spend $6,000 on a diamond bracelet, yeah. man, you, it's a pandemic right now. Like how evil of you to Berg or whatever the diamond company, yeah. get out of here. It, it, it's, 
again, if you don't think it's a good game, okay, fine. I, I I'm not going to try and control someone's opinion on on a on on their value of a game. Yeah. Don't tie it to hardship in the pandemic, dude. Don't. It's disgusting. It's just frankly, it's it's gross. Yeah. I mean, if anything, people are staying home more. Forty dollars, very cheap for a year of entertainment. I mean, people are probably spending a lot, you know, if they can, on uh, entertainment all over the place. I mean, I sure hope he's not taking donations on Twitch, uh, because if he is during the <laughs> pandemic, you taking donations on Twitch during the pandemic, <laughs> oh, so that you can make videos where you just very, talk shit and it doesn't make sense. That's crazy, man. What a hardship. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> overall, obviously, I disagree largely with the video. I don't actually think Lazy Peon is a bad yeah. person. I don't think Lazy Peon should not make videos anymore. I don't think he should be boycotted. I think this video is ridiculous. I hope that he doesn't make more content like this. I hope he's more thoughtful going forward. Um, and regardless of mm -hmm. what his opinion is on anything that I like or don't like, do not invoke the pandemic as a reason that a game that you don't like is a problem. Um, unless the game is spreading misinformation about the pandemic, which it, we're, is not what we're talking about. So um, anyway, yeah. any, any, you have any other final thoughts on that or, or shall we move on? Um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm completely fine with uh, moving on. I mean, I think that we addressed the, some good points on the video and, and I hope that, you know, if he does make more videos about Crowfall, that he does uh, play more and maybe get into a guild or maybe become more invested in, in it before, um, you know, just completely throwing out some points right. on it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now we're going to move to something else that actually, and I'm, I promise I'm not going to just continue to harp on Lazy P on the rest of the time, but that completely invalidates <laughs> his position on there's no one doing PVP and no one plays the game. And that is a war story, um, which is a, a section on the community tab on the, the Crowfall website where people can share their war stories. Um, and there, there are a few there. However, this is the first one that I saw that is post live and it's called Dreg's Siege Bait. And it's up from Blazon. Uh, which is a, a player from Lords of Death, which is a, a longtime clan uh, across a variety of games. So um, we've both watched it. I'll kind of explain what it was, and then we can you know, chat about what we think about that. So basically, yeah. Lords of Death, and, and I think maybe their alliance, I don't know if it's just them, but they are attacking the a castle owned by another large guild called Winterblades, and they don't have enough people to win the fight. So instead of trying to take the keep, they set up a treb outside of it and start attacking a bell tower with the trebuchet. So the bell tower is a structure mm -hmm. you build within the keep that I guess takes a lot of resources to build and then to be upgraded. And it is actually what generates the campaign points for the score for the campaign. Um, Okay. So so if you can't take the keep, but you can blow the bell tower down, maybe you don't have the land, but at least you're preventing them from generating you know, points for, for, again, for the campaign score. So what Lords of Death does is they set up the treb, and then they try and set up a diversion force on the other side of the keep, basically, to draw attention, and then they start, start hitting that tower. Well, pretty quickly, they kind of get collapsed on, and so they kind of have to retreat to just be defending the trebs. Um, they defend the Trebs and 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 for a while, and then right as right as the Treb is being destroyed, it fires a shot. The last shot that it fires drops the bell tower, and and the Treb is destroyed. Hmm. So they they win like literally just right in the nick of time. Um, yeah, oh, it, man. It, 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 yeah, it's a really really cool video just just for the context of it. Um, I won't, I won't go through everything uh -huh. that's said in it because I, I, I'm not trying to hijack their, their content there, but, but people should go check it out again, blazing from Lords of death. I'll have a link in the, the show notes to the war story. It's only like a four minute video, so it's not a slog or anything to get through. Um, but blazing does a good job of, of offering insight into the tactics and, and abilities that are being used and kind of what their thought process is and why they're doing it. 
explains in a bit more detail the value of, yeah. of what they're doing. Um, but yeah, super, super fun, uh, super, super fun story, I thought. It's, it's just amazing because, you know, when people hear about keep sieges or the open world pvp it's like if we're not capturing a castle then it's like oh we're failing or something like that and there's a lot of ways to you know um change the course of the overall war i mean if you're looking to generate campaign points something like this where you're dropping the bell tower now they have to rebuild it they're not getting points for for their guild the entire time and they haven't captured the keep in this situation but how how much is that setting them back right and then potentially if if they have a keep that is generating points already well now you're just gaining ground without even capturing another another castle right um so brilliant brilliant moves on that and it, it made me think of that one time in, in camelot um where you were running the trev and then you dropped the, the tower to cut off the the port at the very last second is immediately what I thought when I first pulled that up. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't the same volume of people and and or anything like that. But yeah, a, a very similar moment in Dark Age where we took a keep with a small group and then built a treb on top of it. And I started trebbing a tower, and they eventually come and yeah, take the keep and literally run up the stairs to kill me on the treb. <laughs> and I like run over to the stairway and stun a guy and then run back and fire the last shot and then get overrun. <laughs> and that last shot dropped their tower. And I was thrilled. Yeah. Um, so yeah, to see that moment again, not one-to-one, but kind of play out again in this, I was like, Oh, that's so good. Like, I love it so much. Yeah. Um, to fill in, fill in the strategy of those who haven't played Camelot, uh, a keep had, three towers surrounding it and if you owned the keep and the three towers you could port directly to the keep so by knocking down one of the towers even though we lost the keep they couldn't use it for porting um correct yeah yep yep yeah and i I, honestly i think it's super i was super excited to see someone put a war story out because this game is a game that's going to be driven by community stories because there's not raid bosses to get world first times in and stuff. You know, it's not that kind of MMO. So these kind of stories are the, the excitement of it. Um, so good on, good on Blazin and Lords of Death for putting that video out. And um, again, we'll have a link in the show note, but, but yeah, go check it out. It's a, it's a super cool thing. Uh, next, I was going to move to real quickly here, the uh, test server. I think I'd mentioned this as something that they talked about in their blog post from last week, but basically the test server is now available and they've announced a reward for participation. Um, It's like a little trinket that goes on your belt. It's a little blue topaz tankard uh, that is rewarded if you play at least six hours on the test server. Um, The forum post says that it'll be redeemed. the, The little trinket will be redeemed on Friday, August 13th. Uh, now, I'm not sure if that means that's the deadline to get the six hours in. I, I couldn't actually find a, a clear explanation of, like, you have to play six hours by X date. Um, either way, there is a separate download, uh, a separate client to download, and there's a link to that directly in the forum post. And again, I'll have show notes. Uh, we'll have a link to that forum post for anyone that's interested. But personally, you know, I've never been someone that's huge into test stuff, but the fact that there's some cosmetic incentives, I don't know. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, I think I'm going to check it out. Yeah, I saw the the screenshot of the mug, and I was like, "Oh, that's pretty." <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's a, it's a neat way to to again give people value that isn't game changing, isn't game breaking, but it's just a little trinket to show off or whatever. And right now, it's like, oh, well, yeah, whatever. It's just a little trinket. Mm-hmm. But six months from now, when that's not something you can otherwise acquire, and someone has it, like. Uh, it's kind of a cool little thing. Again, it's not like the ultimate prestige or something, but um, yeah, I think it's a really cool way to to incentivize people checking out the test server. Yeah, for sure. There's a there's a guy in our guild who has a this seahorse that's like blue and pink, 
And I don't know. I was like, I really want that horse. If you can bring back that horse on the test server, I will um, gladly, <laughs> gladly participate. Get a get that horse. <laughs> nice. All right, man. Well, um, we hit we hit several topics today. Did you have anything else you wanted to discuss today? Um, I mean, that's not covered. I mean, we got the you know lazy peon video in there, and hopefully, you know he sees that and uh you know reconsiders but overall i think uh i'm looking forward to our next week and uh maybe get some more alliance runs in and more pvp for us personally well that's all for our show today again we'll have links in the show notes for the test server uh for the the war story uh we will not have a link for lazy peons video but if you're so <laughs> compelled you can go find that yourself uh you can always follow us on twitter and minds at crowfall pod and you can also check out my other podcasts, The Walk Show, which explores the walk of life through interviews and a variety of guests, and my other podcast, Pick Up Your Sticks, which is co-hosted by me and Brett Lindley, and is all about why gaming matters. Thanks again for the listen.